Hello and welcome to the Uncapped Podcast, proudly presented by Roast House Pub, where elevated culinary creations meet a fresh, evolving craft beer selection, making it one of Frederick's unique dining destinations. Hey everyone, I'm your host Chris Sands, and today I'm in Ashburn, Virginia with Chris Burns, the co-founder of Old Ox, and Brett Robison, the co-founder of Silver Branch. And today we're here to, well, one, tell the story of Old Ox, and then that'll flow nicely into telling the story how these two gentlemen have merged their breweries, and so we'll find out uh, how that came about and uh, what that means going forward for Old Ox and Silver Branch. So thank you, gentlemen, for joining me. Thanks for having us here. So first, Chris, uh, when did Old Ox open? We opened June of 2014 after a beautiful two-year startup journey. That's definitely on the longer end of uh, the length to open. Um, I concur. That, (laughs) although when you opened, was that a time where it was a little bit more difficult to open in Virginia? Wasn't it the laws less friendly for a brewery to open back then? Yeah, between the time we started writing our business plan and, and the time we actually opened, we were able to change our model slightly. Uh, because it, the law changed to allow pints over the bar um, without serving food. Uh, so that was pretty cool. But also back in 2012 to 2014, the brewing industry was pretty new in Northern Virginia. There were only a, a few places. So we would go looking for property. And on at least two occasions, the uh, condo association or the landlord said, yeah, I see that this use fits within our, our zoning but we don't want you here. <laughs> so I, that, that, I think that attitude has changed dramatically over the, the past. Well, I know, because now it seems like any, any commercial uh, real estate agent that has any s- larger size building they always list would be perfect for a brewery. Every oh, time yeah. I see that, I always wonder, have, like, have you actually looked into whether like water supply or sewage or any of that makes this the perfect building for a brewery or it's just the new popular thing to try to get into a building we probably get about two or three emails a week from listing agents uh, with space i've i've actually had a few commercial real estate agents like contact me and ask me if i knew any breweries that oh, were I'm looking sure, for yeah. space that makes a lot of sense and so what were you doing before you opened old ox uh, well, I was doing IT contract management for federal government clients, so it was a natural transition into brewing, of course. There there are a lot of people who have made that uh, transition, and I worked at a large uh, government contracting company for a while, uh, and it sucks. So I could see why you wanted to transition out of that. Yeah, I mean, I, I really love the people that I worked with, but um, I... Uh, I, I just I was sick of commuting into the city uh, one and a half hours each way. Um, it gives you a lot of time to think about what you'd rather be doing with yourself, and uh, and and brewing was was top of mind because uh, we we had used um, my my dad introduced me to home brewing about seven years before we got started in uh, in the business planning process, uh, and we we used it as a way to keep the family together. Um, you know, because during the brewing process, home brewing especially, it's, you know, five hours. Um, there's a lot of downtime. Yeah, there's uh, only about one hour total of actually doing yeah, stuff. exactly. So we use it to catch up and, you know, keep the family together. Yeah, actually, I commuted 
it was probably close to an hour but thankfully i only hop had to hop on the mark and just ride down to right by silver branch hop off there and then walk to one of the buildings and oh yeah i was i was using the uh, the commuter bus which allowed me time to write my business plan (laughs) that was very convenient (laughs) yeah rewrite it several times actually so was it just that like through that home brewing you grew a passion for uh for yeah, beer that absolutely made. my so my dad actually dragged me kicking and screaming into the hobby he uh he called me up one day uh he had learned how to homebrew from uh, an old college uh, buddy of his and uh he, he called me and said hey i'm gonna i'm brewing uh, an ipa why don't you come over and help me and i said i don't i don't think so dad that doesn't really that doesn't really sound like my thing um but he convinced me and um I, I was drawn immediately to the hobby on that first brew day because you could see that you could be as analytical uh, and scientific-minded as, as you had the aptitude to be, and you could be as creative and artistically-minded as you wanted to be. And I thought that was really cool that you could find one hobby that could satisfy both halves of your brain. I thought that was just amazing, and I was hooked from day one. So wh- how... Um how long have you been home brewing when you thought like, hell, I'm just going to make this my job? Yeah, it was about five years. And, you know, the the hobby had slowly taken over our lives in my garage. So, <laughs> it, like, I think a lot of people can identify with that. You know, the hobby, you can start with, with nothing more than a couple of buckets, right? But then you can slowly add on and build and and become more serious about it and after about five years we we're making a lot more beer than we could drink as much as we tried um but we would be giving it away to our neighbors and you know our garage looked like breaking bad out there the neighbors would slow down when they when they passed the house wondering what we were doing so we eventually got sick of giving away our beer for free and said you know we might as well give this a go that's funny I th- there's definitely several breweries that i've talked to that that's kind of how they got their start where the hobby just got out of control and it was either like i need to stop making beer or we need to start selling it because it's just everywhere well that was the my my wife's uh, single biggest requirement when we when we started kristen my wife she said uh okay i i think we should give this a go but i get my garage back right i get to park my car <laughs> in the garage she said, yeah that makes i'll make that deal so why did you um is this this is the original location right yeah. mm-hmm. where we are now in ashburn what made you settle on ashburn or is it basically going back to like you found a landlord that was willing to <laughs> well we knew we wanted to be in ashburn because um we live here and we always wanted to um, make an impact in this particular community um, and it was part of the reason that it took two years was because we were pretty specific about where we wanted to be and, okay. and finding that location was therefore difficult. So you had said that, um, by the time you opened, you are, were able to just sell pints without food. So there, you don't have a restaurant or anything here, right? Correct. So you have food trucks come in and that's right. Yeah. So we have, uh, different food trucks basically every day that we're open. Um, we, uh, really enjoy the variety and our customers enjoy the variety uh, that gives us the opportunity to uh, focus on making uh, delicious beer so what was the first beer on tap when you opened so we opened with two beers on tap which is a lot different than um, what you normally see uh, so we opened with golden ox and alpha ox golden ox is our uh, belgian inspired golden ale and then uh, Alpha Ox at the time was our session IPA. Okay. 
do you, I'm betting you don't make the session IPA anymore. We do make it, but we reformulated it as a pale ale. Okay. The session IPA trend is uh, yeah. That's why I was yeah. I was literally, hit a stalling point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think it, I think it was actually yesterday. I was talking to someone, and we were just talking about how like no one make session ipas anymore yeah if you're not founders you're not doing well with your session yeah. IPA. <laughs> yeah that probably in uh doesn't sierra nevada has one too right well i, I, I don't know do they i don't know they've got I, hazy little thing but that's more of a, a lower abv ipa i think but i don't know maybe they do i i mean i always liked session ipas because i don't know I, I like being able to drink a couple of something if it tastes really good but now yeah, just in general, I've I've enjoyed the lower ABV trend across a whole bunch of different styles. That kind of suits my habits. I, yeah, I like um, I like to stay functional for the most part. So big double IPAs and barley wines aren't uh, aren't usually my go-to. But uh, those those double IPAs and the barrel aged stouts and so that's what sells. That's true. <laughs> there's no there's no doubt about it. I think that. Um, you know, it's something unique to craft breweries. You don't see uh, a lot of your macro uh, macro folks making those beers, um, so it's it's a good way to differentiate differentiate yourself. All right, let's take a real quick sponsor break, and then we get back. Um, let's talk about where the name Old Ox came from. So we will be right back. Uncapped is brought to you by one of Frederick's original Maryland craft beer destinations, located off of Urbana Pike, featuring a warm, inviting atmosphere and knowledgeable staff serving up fresh, locally sourced culinary creations and unique craft beers on tap. Open seven days a week, our friends at Roast House Pub invite you to enjoy a casual lunch, happy hour specials, delicious dinners, and specialty desserts. Follow them on social media to keep up to date on their monthly beer dinners, mom's spaghetti dinner battles, and what beer is being featured for Buck Above Monday. Idiom Brewing Company proudly offers a delicious variety of beers to satisfy the most discerning tastes. Best known for their wide array of IPAs, delicious fruited sours, and robust porters and stouts, Idiom has a simple goal in mind, to bring people from all walks of life together, to enjoy themselves and each other. Whether you're a hophead looking for explosively juicy IPAs, are one of the adventurous few looking to try boozy, sour, or complex flavors, or just looking to enjoy classic styles and seasonal favorites, they'll have a little something for you. Idiom Brewing Company is located in downtown Frederick, just south of the intersection of East Street and East Patrick Street, with ample seating directly on Carroll Creek. So why Old Ox? So Old Ox is one of the oldest roads in Loudoun County, and it was originally built to connect the farms in Loudoun with the markets in Fairfax and D.C. And we really identified with that sense of connection because that's what we want to be is a connection point within our community. Uh, whether we're connecting customers together, uh, whether we're connecting ourselves with like-minded businesses and local charities, we really value that sense of connection within our community. When you first opened, were you the brewer or did you hire a brewer right off the bat? I have never been the brewer here at Old Ox. So one of the, the things that we knew from the very beginning, we went in with our eyes wide open, understanding that because we wanted to be a production brewery, 
um, it was going to be critical for us to bring in somebody who had more experience than we did brewing, you know, 10 gallons at a time, yeah. right? Now we're, we're transitioning to a brewery right from the get-go that is 30 barrels, so like 930 gallons at a time. So um, we recognized that we needed key personnel that had uh, fantastic experience with things that we just didn't have, things like quality control and safety uh, and production management, and um, that wasn't going to be either one of us. Yeah, there's a big difference between brewing good beer and then brewing good beer at a large scale and packaging it and keeping large tanks clean and hoses and all the way more complicated things get once you leave your garage. Absolutely, and we um, we did not take that lightly. So we uh, we hired a head brewer from about six months before we opened the doors. Did what? What size brew house did you open with? A uh, thirty barrel. Is uh, I'm gonna guess same one still since you have a, we still have 30, the same one. Thirty barrels gives you a lot of headroom to, to yeah. expand into. We actually purchased our brew house uh, used from uh, Flying Fish up in New Jersey. Okay. Yeah, they were they had outgrown it and were um, heading into a whole new facility. So we drove up there one Memorial Day weekend and took a look, kicked the tires, and said, "Yep, we want it." And wrote a check on the spot. What um what size tanks did you start out with? We have uh, a, a, a hodgepodge really of a whole bunch of different sizes. So we've got. Uh, 40 barrel tanks, which is weird given our brew length of 30 barrels. We've got 60 barrel tanks. We've got uh, most recently uh, 120 barrel fermentation vessels. Um, so we've got and we've we've got um, fermentation vessels down to uh, 20 barrels. So it gives us a nice amount of flexibility to produce some smaller batch uh, beers that we can uh, experiment. A little bit with. I mean, 20 barrels of a, a product is still a pretty decent amount of uh, product, but um, but it also gives us the uh, the capacity we need to to play in the the distribution market. Did you open with a canning line from the beginning, or was that added eventually? No, we opened draft only, uh, and we did not start canning until about midway through 2015. So we went almost a full year uh, draft only, and then. We uh, were able to start canning due to the the new startup industry at the time with mobile canning, yeah. which has done an amazing um, amount of work getting breweries that wouldn't have been able to package otherwise the opportunity to get their beers into bottle shops, grocery, et cetera, et cetera. It's, it's a great industry. We were very thankful for it because we wouldn't have had the uh, the resources at the time to make that plunge into canning without their help and then i mean mobile canning definitely kept a lot of breweries afloat over the The last two years absolutely yeah it's been critical i mean overnight you went a lot of breweries went from selling the majority of their beer over their own bar in draft format to okay well what are people going to do do? put it in ziplock bags you know so mobile canning has been critical to the survival of the industry um, so do you have your own canning line now? We or do. do okay. Yeah. Yeah. We, um, we use mobile canning for about another year, uh, to really make sure we, um, we're going to keep packaging beer. Uh, we did, it was uh, fantastic. Uh, I, we, you know, doubled our 
volume, you know, basically overnight with uh, being able to uh, provide packaged beer to our local grocery clients. So um, it's been it's been great. Yeah, as I was telling you earlier, I, Old Ox is one of the first breweries in Loudoun County that I've gone to, and I must have come during that short time period where you weren't canning. Because now that I think back, we got a, a growler yeah. of stuff to take home because all you had were growlers. Well, I'm so glad you got a growler <laughs> to take home. Thank you. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, we the growler. Um, part of our business has, has really changed you know that first uh, really the first two years it was a big part of our on-site business and we've definitely seen that trending downwards as uh, as we have more package options available yeah, do you do, do people even want growlers anymore I, there are definitely some people that do I think there is still for are they old? <laughs> I would say that the average age might be on the higher side of our average age, yeah, our average customer age. The um, I think there, there's just a, a lasting perception for for a, a smaller and smaller percentage of the population that that draft beer is the freshest beer, which means growlered beer is the freshest beer, and that's. Uh, inaccurate but well especially because i well i think that came from yeah like over a decade ago when the beer you were getting went first to a distributor sat there for a while then it made it to the store slowly Mm -hmm. so there was a big difference but i mean what's coming out of your draft lines and when someone's grabbing a can what there's maybe a couple week difference between like yeah, if you're lucky, and if you're not going to drink it that day, you know, you, you might as well not drink it at all. The, the, yeah. the quality control can't possibly be there. No, with all of the precautions, every single brewery that I know takes in trying to preserve that that product uh, through the the growler, it's just it's never going to be. Yeah, even like the super fancy counter pressure fill mm-hmm. machines that uh, larger breweries have, it's still yeah, it's well, especially once you crack that open. What about you, Brad? Are there many people getting growlers at Silver Branch? Do you even fill them? Uh, we do fill them. Um, you know, I think the pandemic all but pretty much killed whatever remaining growler business we did have. I was actually going to add part of how um, growlers uh, came to be um, was largely because of like the legal structure, like all throughout history, like what laws. Oh, can you hear me? Yeah, um, but see how much better you sound when you talk into. Yeah, it. there we go. <laughs> uh, but yeah, all throughout history, like when when the craft beer industry was coming to pass, like a lot of states and a lot of breweries wouldn't actually be able to sell a four pack or a six pack out their front door, whereas they were allowed to sell growlers. So that's right. I think that's what uh, helped instill some of growler culture was just the the that was the only way you could take stuff home. Exactly. Uh, but now. You know, especially with canning, I mean, as you guys were talking earlier, canning has played a huge role in the sort of path of what led Silver Branch to this place. Because, um, you know, when the pandemic happened and uh, the government was uh, giving out a lot of money, we were like, okay, it's time to go big and get a really big canning line and and commit to this. Uh, So I would say it made a huge difference for us and, um, I think it's, you know, as we all know, cans have dramatically changed the the beer industry over the last couple of years. Well, I feel like the first uh, nail in Growler's Coffin was uh, Crowler's. I mean, like once 
growlers became a common thing. I don't think I ever caught a growler filled after that point. And then now, like, I'd, if, I, if I was at a brewery and they have stuff in cans, I don't know why you would choose any other <laughs> option. Like, unless maybe you were having a large party where you knew there was a bunch of people that were going to drink 64 ounces of that at one time. But, well, uh, I think part of it is also you're seeing more and more companies manufacture small and smaller and smaller units that allow for canning. Yeah, they have the little like the goss the gosling little tabletop. Exactly. And I think it's it's sort of like, you know, I feel like there's this trend that emerges and the true is like, you know, Chris, when you were talking about homebrewing back in the day, the equipment that you could buy off the shelf back then there was some of it that was high tech, but like you kind of had to build some of it. You kind of had to cobble it together. Now you can buy like fully loaded professional systems right out of the box. And I think it's just this trend where a lot of things that the craft beer industry uses or inspires from a manufacturing standpoint, they just get smaller and smaller and smaller and it creates more and more access. So that's a big part of it. Let's take um, another quick sponsor break, and I feel like this is the perfect segue into the merger of Silver Branch and Old Dock. So when we get back, let's talk about that. I buy my beer at District East in downtown Frederick, Maryland. They have an amazing selection of local and hard-to-find beers, and I love the option of making my own mix-and-match custom six-pack. District East is on Northeast Street in Frederick in the same shopping center as Showroom Restaurant and Rockwell Brewery. Most weeks they have over 950 beers in stock. Check out this week's selection at www.districteastbeer.com. Are you planning on having custom glassware made for your business? Glassware availability for 2022 has already reached capacity, and it looks like costs will predictably rise this year. Don't worry, ACS Brand My Beverage has you covered with over 6 million units of the most popular glass styles exclusively in their inventory to meet your branded glassware needs right now. Lock in today's lower prices and take immediate delivery, or ACS will store your product for you until you're ready. Email sales at brandmybeverage.com or visit brandmybeverage.com to reserve your glassware. McClintock Distilling is Maryland's first and only certified organic distillery, handcrafting gins, whiskeys, vodkas, and cordials from non-GMO organic ingredients in downtown Frederick. Named the best vodka distillery in the country by USA Today, best gin in the world at the International Spirits Competition, and double gold at the World Spirits Competition for bourbon, rye, and gin. Open now for tours, tastings, and classes. Come sample the most awarded distillery in Frederick today. All right, I think it was it last week or the week before that the merger was announced. Okay, hold on. All this beer talk is making me really thirsty. Can we can we crack a beer before we talk about it? Yeah, this? absolutely. Okay, cool. All right. <laughs> okay, I hope everyone at home is joining us. By the way, so uh, this is Hardway Lager. We just canned this today. It's our summer seasonal. Yeah, I spent um, part of last week up in, um, I'm going to do a Maniac Boar, since I have to do this one-handed, recording episodes up in Pittsburgh, so I feel like my time reference is completely off. Sorry, Brett, I also shortchanged you quite a bit. Don't worry, I got you covered, buddy. That's all right. There we go. There we go. Cheers, boys. Cheers, indeed. Cheers. To new ventures. All right, please proceed. So it was the week before, not last week, that it was announced, right? 
Uh, time doesn't mean much to me right yeah, now. At some point, you at some point blur. At some point within the last thirty days, it was announced that Silver Branch and Old Ox would be merging. I think that sounds right. What? How did that come about? Who approached who? What was what was your courtship like? Oh, can I start? Please. All right. Thank you. Um, so. We've actually known each other since before Silver Branch got started. We um, we shared a, a mutual friend who ended up um, being our financial, our, our banking partner uh, for both breweries. But uh, he introduced us kind of during Silver Branch's startup process. And this is really good, by the way. Oh, thank you. This is Hardway. It's our our summer lager. Uh, just easy drinking. It's kind of like a cross between a Hellas and a, and a Pilsner. It, it defies style a little bit, but just easy drinker. Um, and so, you know, we would we would talk during their startup journey, and I gave a lot of worthless, you know, free advice. <laughs> and, uh, and then, you know, we just I beg to differ on that one. By the way, <laughs> we just we just kept in touch, and it's funny because our our networks kept getting more similar. So the next thing that happened is that we ended up having the same accountant. Uh, and then most recently, we ended up with the same uh, self-distribution partner in Maryland. And I had to drop off a keg to our mutual distribution partner in Maryland. And he said, well, why don't we meet at Silver Branch? Because I got to go over there anyway. I said, yeah, sounds good. I haven't um, been over there in a long time to check out the, the space. So we get over there. We do business. And then Brett and Christian and I started talking. And they're saying, you know, we're, we're looking at um, expanding. And uh, do you have we had recently expanded into our second location, our, our Middleburg location. So they're just kind of picking my brain on um, what that experience was like, any advice, uh, things like that. That was fine. It was a great conversation, and I went away. And um, I, you know, I started thinking to myself, um, you know, these guys are looking to expand. Um, trying to open a second location at this particular point in time. So this is about what seven, seven to nine months ago, roughly. I don't know. Would be. Um, would be really difficult because first of all, there's very little availability for real estate out in the market. Second of all, there's, there's very little availability for, for contractors. Third of all, there's very uh, high shortages uh, for building supplies. I, it would be, take 18 months to two years to get something off the ground at this point. We have a production brewery that, you know, we're looking to expand also. And at the same time, uh, my business partners, my parents, are looking to work towards retirement. I, I wonder if there's a way that we can work this out. So I reached out to uh, to Brett and Christian, and you know, lots of talking, lots of beer drinking, <laughs> and uh, we found a an arrangement. And to I'll just kind of build on it from the Silver Branch side. Um, you know, we were in the process of after having met with our advisory board a little ways back, we were still in the kind of the throes of the pandemic, but it looked pretty clear that silver branch was on a, um, you know, a, a really positive trajectory. We were having a pretty significant amount of growth looked like when all the dust settled, 
we would be in a pretty good position to take advantage of some opportunities. And um, we were actively searching for a bunch of different places to uh, build a second home for Silver Branch. Um, you know, we explored several different commercial projects, developments, you know, kind of touching on what you guys mentioned earlier, like for a lot of developers, there was a period of time, and I don't know if this is true anymore, where they were like, our first choice is Whole Foods, our second is a brewery. <laughs> <laughs> and so, um, you know, but 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 I think because of the pandemic, I think that motivation there on landlords kind of changed. I don't think they had as much, you know, uh, free money to throw at people. And I think um, they're having a really hard time either collecting money or filling out unfilled retail spaces because yeah. there's not as much demand right now. And so yeah, hosp- the hospitality industry in general, pro- that that probably helped make it a little less attractive to landlords to. Like, oh man, what if this happens again? I don't want, I don't want a business that relies on people having to congregate together to. Right. It, ironically, it had the opposite effect from the retailer's perspective, right? Where they they're less motivated to make deals, but they need those deals even more. And so yeah. there's this like, I won't bore everybody with commercial real estate problems right now, <laughs> but I think I think we're headed towards something in a couple of years from now that's not going to look so pretty. But all of that aside, um, we were looking and, you know, uh, Chris uh, had reached out and we we grabbed a beer here in uh, Ashburn and, um, you know, and then I kind of went back and I talked to Christian about it and we were sort of like, you know, I don't know, like, because a lot of like when you have a craft brewery, so much of your personal identity ends up wrapped up in that brand. You know, it's like. I feel, uh, and I think we could all say this. I think everybody feels like very deeply connected to like the ideas, the, the, what it means, what the logo means, everything. It just, there's no way to do this business. I don't think from startup without just putting your whole, whole entire soul into yeah. it, you know? And, and so we were kind of like, well, that's, how does that work? What does that look like? I think after we got through that initial phase of like maybe seeing the ability to support more than one identity, um, you know, and, and kind of embrace old ox and have old ox embrace us. Once we got through that and we were like, actually there's maybe a massive opportunity here because, um, old ox being a Virginia brand means that old ox is going to do really well in Virginia and silver branch being a, um, silver spring brand means it's going to do really well in like Montgomery County and Maryland. And so, I think we kind of saw a really unique opportunity to put all of the best of each of the respective businesses together where, you know, here at Old Ox, they have a ton of experience working with what I'll say like big distribution, chain retail, um, just many more years of experience being a wholesale brewery, full stop. Whereas on the Silver Branch side, I think one thing that we really specialized in and we did really well at was kind of the hospitality side and, you know, creating an inviting space and doing a lot of events. And because and that, that was your background, right? If I remember correctly, like you brought the hospitality, the experience of uh, people coming in to Silver Branch. Yeah. And I mean, I, I would, I mean, Christian should certainly get his credit as well because the whole underpinning is the, you know, the four major brewing cultures, the sort of European influenced or worldwide influenced element of, it's not just about the beer you drink, but it's the space that you drink it in. And it's the feeling that's attached to everything. So, you know, the, 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 the sum total drinking experience is 
not just the liquid itself, but it's the glass that it's in. It's the vibe. It's the, you know, the ambiance, the people that you're with. And so I think we really brought that in full force. Um, And so I think now we see a combined opportunity where we can bring some of that, um, you know, restaurant atmosphere, hospitality experience over here. And then also uh, we could benefit quite a bit from, you know, learning the ins and outs of kind of the wholesale distribution business. So I think there's, you know, where Silver Branch produces a lot of variety. We have more opportunity to produce more fun new beers uh, under the Old Ox label. And then uh, similarly, we can produce more Silver Branch beers at scale so we can meet more wholesale demand than we've been able to previously. So when you were looking at other locations, were you looking to have a production facility or was it tap a second tap room? It actually wasn't that clear. Um, okay. I think, you know, it's funny is when we first opened silver branch, uh, or we were in the business planning stages of silver branch, we had a crystal clear set of objectives around like what we wanted the business to be and what we wanted the business to look like. But, everything that we've explored thereafter has been less deterministic and more receptive to the opportunities that exist. And so I would say, you know, it's like, um, I think we're, we're optimizing for surface area. Like we, we turned over every rock imaginable. I mean, I cannot even, we thought about, you're going to think I'm crazy for saying stuff like this. We thought about opening like a little beer slash cocktail kiosk in a mall walked away from that one (laughs) that that was probably a wise decision (laughs) yeah yeah we looked at building a pizza company um we looked at building a production facility we looked at building another mixed use production and tap room we i mean we literally turned over every single rock we could find and what we kept coming back to was this opportunity to merge silver branch and old ox was just clearly on a on a business decision um the best opportunity for both of us so are the the brands are going to operate independently there will still always be an old well, i guess you can't always say always but for now the forever forever there will be an old ox brand and a silver branch brand but you're the merging is kind of like your um resources and specialties that each place brings to that's right yeah so we we maintain the individual brands but it allows us the opportunity to leverage each other's resources to uh, create something better for the the entire whole so for the this is not new for beer companies but usually this business model is part and parcel of much larger beer companies but the model that we're yeah, it's kind of, I guess so it's kind of like canarchy a little bit. Yeah, I would say that's that's definitely accurate. Um, but usually that's like only breweries that are of a certain massive scale yeah. where you actually see this at a scale that is comparable to our respective businesses is in the restaurant industry. So you have these modern day restaurant groups like let's say NRG like with Church Key and yeah. Blue Jacket they, they have an identity for a location and a neighborhood, and they make sure that they um, fulfill that identity. And that was something that I kind of learned w- when I was uh, working with Black Restaurant Group. I was there for several years. And so this is actually something that you see f- 
fairly frequently in the restaurant industry where there's a brand, a location, a neighborhood, and they're all meant to fit together. And what ends up happening is what's behind that is the back office infrastructure and support. And I think that's one of the areas where we will, as a combined effort, really benefit from. Gives you better buying power because instead of you buying your cans, you buying your cans, you make one large purchase and then yeah, especially use right them now, where they need to be used. The cost of goods is absolutely one of the areas that we're looking to create some economies of scale. We're, um, you know, we have an opportunity to reduce our cost of grain, cost of canning packaging materials um, pretty significantly. And that, um, you know, especially right now with uh, all of the supply chain issues that we're that everybody is facing that's uh that's a really fantastic opportunity and and i would say even part of where the scaling comes from is in a, a personnel and a resource management you know it's much easier to um do things more meaningfully like human resources when you have just more sum total scale as a company. Um, it's a lot easier to merge certain operational roles. Uh, it's a little bit easier to justify a slightly larger marketing budget. You know, there's just all yeah. of these types of things that by having that back office be unified, but then still allowing the beer fans, the customers, the guests, the supporters who've been along for the journey for each respective brand the entire time to keep that and to keep their identity. Because to some extent, when you buy beer, this is how craft beer works. You're, you're making an identity statement about the brands that you like. And we would never want to, um, you know, remove that. That's yeah. like, that's, that's where all the value in this business is. I, I think mean, is, well, also that, that's a, that's a real fast way for backlash too. Yeah. Like I can't stand silver branch. Now they took away my, <laughs> yeah. And, 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 and same would be said in the yeah. other direction, right? Like if, if old ox just put old ox where uh silver branch is that, you know, people in silver spring wouldn't, wouldn't yeah. be, uh, you know, that wouldn't be ideal. So we just, I think we feel really good about the idea of like, just, continuing to do more and continuing to meet our respective fans sort of where they are, but then also introduce those fans to the other brand at a maybe faster pace than they would otherwise be introduced. The, the restaurant group comparison is the absolute best way to describe it. I, I had never thought of it that way, but that, that makes so much sense because that's even there's a lot of places where like rest you would have no idea that two restaurants have any kind of association with each other but yet there are actually they're like one of five that are just owned by a few people that operate several restaurants yeah and well i think we're you know i think it's it's not exactly like that because yeah. there's, there's what's cool about this is there's not a box that you can put this in and you can't really pin it down because I do think what we're doing here is actually really new and 
Um, hopefully we look smart at the end of this. <laughs> yeah, give it, let's give it a few months. We'll yeah. figure out. I, I, I think we're smart. I, I like to think we are. I hope we are. I feel like we'll probably have a definitive answer in about yeah, a year. Yeah, I was going to say, you're going to know eventually. Um, but it's, This it, time next year, we, we'll check back in. We'll find out if... Yeah. Oh, we should put it on the calendar now. Yeah. But, you know, it's slightly different because we do want people to know. And so, like... Um, you know, we're selling uh, four packs of Old Ox out of the Silver Ranch Tap Room. Yeah. Beers on Tap. We have Silver Ranch Beers on Tap here in Ashburn. Yeah, I didn't mean it as like it's kept as a secret, but it's like the identities are preserved Absolutely. at each, indi- each individual place, even though it, they're run by the same people. Exactly. Um, so are you, I, I know, well, especially being in different states complicates it even further the the way you have to be licensed and everything is it easy for you to sell each brand and each brewery also like we will people be able to get silver branch beer at old ox yeah it's easier um it's easier on getting beers to silver branch than yeah, it is your getting license, beers you can you yeah. can sell anything at right. silver branch right cuz you have a full bar yeah, it's a it's a commonly misunderstood thing, um, and it's not to say that there aren't some hurdles to doing business in Montgomery County, but on the manufacturing alcohol side of the equation, I would actually say Montgomery County is is a really good place to do business. There's a lot of flexibility in terms of legal structure. Um, yeah, that 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 mon- it's crazy that that monopoly that the county holds actually has been extremely beneficial for craft breweries. Yeah, it really has. Um, so as a manufacturer, there's a lot of latitude to be able to do stuff over there. Um, you know, on the, on the building and permitting side, I don't know if I'd say the same thing, (laughs) which I think is almost the opposite here in, um, Loudoun. I feel like building and permitting is a little bit easier and but maybe some of the alcohol laws are a little more restrictive yeah the on the building and permitting side they've been working with alcohol related businesses since the 70s with the wine industry that's here um so this is old hat um on the uh, regulatory side i mean every every state and in maryland's uh you know situation every county has its own idiosyncrasies but um you know it's it's a decent environment uh for for breweries i wouldn't I wouldn't say it's top ten as far as uh, <laughs> as far as regulatory bodies by state, but, uh, uh, but we one, do all right. At one time, it was way friendlier than Maryland was. <laughs> oh yeah, sure, yeah, absolutely. Um, so, will Silver Branch beer be brewed here? Because you were at production capacity at, at your lo- at Silver Branch, so. This you'll be brewing Silver Branch beer here. That's already happening okay. in advance of uh, finalizing the uh, the actual merger details. We're um, we're already working hot and heavy getting uh, Silver Branch beers uh, to distribution scale. Yeah. Is um is the Middleburg location a brewery also, or is it just a tap room? Yes, it is a brewery. So okay. that has been a three year journey. We um we opened our. We always planned on being a brewery in Middleburg, and we had the brewing equipment in place when we opened our doors. The um, pandemic, we, we opened our doors before we got the brew house operational. Um, and the plan was, well, over the next, the first six months of, of operations, we'll get the brewery going, we'll get in our last few bits of material, we'll get our contractors going. 
Well, we opened six months later, the pandemic hits. Oh, and perfect time. Yeah, I know, right? So <laughs> I put the kibosh on all um, uh, construction on the actual brew house side of things yeah. until we figured out what the hell was going on with the world. Um, so fast forward two years, we're like, okay, we're comfortable. We can, we can get this project moving forward again. So we, at that point, the the real pinch point was availability of supplies i mean we're like okay let's get the glycol piping in sure no problem it'll be six months yeah (laughs) so it is what it is we we finally brewed our first batch of beer in middleburg about three weeks ago what size brew house is there we have a five barrel brew house with 10 barrel fermentation uh so it's so uh, that's set up pretty much just to feed that tap room and yeah so and the reason that we did that as old ox was because of what i was talking about before i mean we've got that 30 barrel brew house it doesn't allow us that flexibility to brew new innovative beers every week because we'll we'll never go through that much beer um, without sending it out to distribution and with skew proliferation being what it is out in distribution there's not a lot of places that want to see 52 skews from old ox you know yeah so um it just allows us that flexibility to brew whatever the heck we want whenever the heck we want and uh it's been it's been so gratifying to finally see it uh operational all right before we wrap up i have one more question for you brett last time we talked you said we should make squeegee sands man (laughs) and that still hasn't happened so i'm wondering why that's the case oh no i fell into the trap you did second Um, time (laughs) well i actually think uh the probability that that could come to pass is going to dramatically increase with uh this this merger underway so I, uh, I don't want to speak on an area that is not my expertise, so I'll have to check in with Christian and uh, confirm with him what the schedule would look like. But um, Or maybe I'll just talk to my new friend Chris here. and <laughs> Yeah, you let me know what you need. We'll get it done, all right? I don't need you anymore, Brett. <laughs> Can you see me uh, shuffling sideways as I'm trying to answer the all question? Right. <laughs> um, I... Where I know we're running up to it. Can I ask just a few quick questions that I end each episode with now that have nothing to do with beer? Or do you want, do we need to oh, yeah. wrap no, we up real time. quick? Uh, no, we're good. Minutes. Okay. We, yeah, we, we got plenty of time. All right. Um, do you guys want to alternate or do just one of you want to answer these? I have about 10 questions I'll ask. I guess it depends on what the questions are. want to rock, paper, are. scissors for it? Uh, yeah, we could do that every single time. Right. <laughs> or we could just alternate. We'll, we'll alternate. Let's do that. I'll ask uh, Chris first. Do you wash apples before eating them? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, that's the You're the first person to say yes in a long time. Really? Yeah, a lot of people are filthy and disgusting just <laughs> like me and just eat an apple without cleaning them. <laughs> oh, I, I give it a rub on my shirt first. Oh, uh, perfect. Brett, best fast, food rest, best fast food French fries. Defend your answer. Ooh, uh, McDonald's. That's that is by far the leading answer. I just I thought I was gonna say something cooler than that, but I just didn't have it in me. They, I mean, they just are just they're so salty. There's the, yeah. Well, and apparently they're blanched in sugar beforehand. So That's like, why. <laughs> so they tricked me. They have the salt and the sugar. So like they, there you go. Um, Chris, who would win in a battle between a ninja and a pirate? 
a ninja. That's the wrong answer. Uh, <laughs> Explain <follow> yourself. <laughs> pirates are just cooler and oh stronger. They have guns. They have cannons. They have swords. They have like it, I mean, just you can't hit a ninja with that stuff. Just know you're wrong. You're flipping around. Just, hey, I just want you to know that five year old me very much disagrees with you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, five year old. Can we just hold on? I'm. This can't be true. This no, can't be true. No, it's how pirate. many people have said pirate. Uh, very few. Okay. All right. Thank you. <laughs> I am definitely in the... Everybody else are the crazy heavy, ones, yes. right? Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. I am in the heavy minority of people who think that a pirate would win. Uh, Brett, follow-up question. Is Batman a ninja? Yes. That one's like a 50-50. Some people feel strongly. Some people don't. I'll let you both answer this one because it's an easy one. Flats or drumsticks? There is a correct answer. There absolutely is. Uh, but I'll, do you want me to go first? Because I know the right answer. Are, are you scared right now? A the French bit. fry thing rattled bit. you. A little bit, yeah. <laughs> Flat. That's oh, correct. God, I knew it. I knew it. You, no, you were going to say, oh. I, you guys must think I'm a serial killer or something. You kind of, <laughs> at this point, I think you are. I am reevaluating um, this merger based on that yeah, question. Seriously. Have, is the paint, is the ink dried yet? <laughs> there's going to be a, 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 a drumstick rider. Are yeah. we going to put a, a provision in the although, operating agreement? What we have, although it is the perfect uh, business relationship, though, because if you go somewhere and you order wings, you both get to eat all of your favorite part. So there you while go. you're wrong, Brett, you are a good person. You're to useful. Have. You're yeah, useful. You're, you're wrong, but I'm, you're useful. I'm glad I can provide utility. <laughs> Chris, what is the scariest movie you've ever watched? The Haunting. It's like, uh, well, they redid it, but that movie doesn't exist. Um, it was, gosh, it must have been 1950s. Uh, oh, man, it's so scary. I've never I seen it. Well, you should. Brett, what's scarier, aliens or clowns? Clowns. Aliens are cool. Clowns are terrifying. My my favorite answer, that, that's also a good answer. My favorite answer to that has ever been aliens could be here in like for good. Clowns never are. <laughs> I think alien clowns would be that's the extra terrifying. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Chris, name a famous person you would love to meet. I hate famous people. Um, all right. <laughs> I mean, that's a valid answer. If I, <laughs> I, you know, I, I, I have a real problem with with meeting people that uh, that I idolize because I. Oh yeah, they always say you should never meet your heroes. Yeah, I, I don't have a great answer for that. This is this is my French fry question. Right. Do I, you have Do you have an answer to that, Brett, or do you hate uh, celebrities also? Um, there's plenty of famous people that I like. I, they're just not like necessarily like TV and movie celebrities. Well, I mean, um, I mean that counts. Um, yeah, I mean, I think there's some like you know, uh, I guess there's some like, put it this way, if a uh, popular culture, one person that I would be interested to meet would be like Elon Musk, Mark Cuban. Mark you know. Cuban is one of three celebrities that I care about that I would like to meet. I would like to meet one of those Mark two Cuban's guys. My, I, those, those guys seem like they have they're cool. Yeah. Um, what is the worst concert you have ever attended? Do I get to answer this? Yeah. Oh, all right. <clears throat> so I am. Now you're going to lose respect for me. I <laughs> I don't like live the music. Brothers. Oh, oh <laughs> I've never seen that concert. Um, so I went to I went to a concert where half of it was probably one of the best concerts I've ever seen 
and the other half was probably the worst concert I've ever seen. And it was the Dixie Chicks opening for the Eagles. And I'm not going to even, I'm not even going to tell you which one I thought was the the good one and which one was the bad one. I mean, obviously thought the Dixie Chicks were the good one. Absolutely not. (laughs) That's a weird pairing. It was a weird pairing, but it happened. All right, Brett, in your vast hospitality experience and expertise so i i'll actually use this as the baseline of what the correct answer to this question is is it acceptable to use a gift card on a first date (laughs) yes i might recommend that you sneakily do it in transit to a restroom <laughs> to get that part out of the way before you receive the check. Look at that. So no. there's a there's a secret way you can just get up from the table, you know, find where that server station is on your circuitous path to the bathroom, make a transaction, be good to go. And then you kind of add into that extra level of like uh, chivalry too, the mystique, where, it's, yeah. where it's just done. Yeah. Imagine if you just show up from the bathroom and you say we're ready to go. Then she doesn't have time to think about, you know, what, whether she uh, whether she thinks that you're a really awesome person. She's just so impressed. Like not not closing. only are we delivering stories today, we are delivering life tips. All right, gentlemen, thank you so much. Um, we'll check back in a year to find out if you guys are intelligent or morons. <laughs> Excellent. Um, and great, then, can't wait for that. <laughs> and then at some point, uh, Squeegee Sandsman will happen. All right, you you said it here for the second time now, <laughs> or the third? I don't I know. Probably, I, I repeat myself a lot, so it could have been the fifth. <laughs> Who knows? Uh, but thank you, gentlemen, for spending some time with me today, and uh, thank you, everyone, for listening. Cheers. Thank, thank you. you, ninjas and flats for life. <laughs> <laughs> the Uncapped Podcast is produced by Graham Cullen and me, Chris Sands. Be sure to like us on Facebook. And if you've enjoyed these podcasts, please leave us a review on Google Play or the iTunes Store. A special thanks to Double Motorcycle for providing our theme music. Thanks for listening. Oh my God, that's good.